If you have a story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to submit your story. Also, if the platform you're listening on has the option to rate this podcast, please consider doing so. And thank you. This happened many years ago, but it was such a terrifying moment for me that I still remember it vividly. Back when I was about 13 or 14, my family, which consisted of my parents, myself, my little sister, and our dog, had to live in a hotel for about a month, while our home was being repaired due to flooding. Being a teenage girl at the time, spending most of my time in the same room as my parents, it was not my idea of fun. Thankfully, I was able to bring some of my stuff to keep me entertained. And there was also a pool, so I could go swimming whenever I wanted to. However, it was also a prime opportunity to stay over with friends, because they rarely told me no. I wish I would have stayed with someone on this particular day, though, that way I could have just avoided this whole situation. It was a Saturday, and while my dad still worked, my mom was home with me and my sister until she needed to run errands. I wasn't interested at the time with having to go to a bunch of places, as I knew I would probably just get stuck with watching my sister. So I asked if I could stay at the hotel. After a few pleas, she reluctantly agreed telling me not to answer the door for anyone, as she would have a key. My dad left his in the room in case we needed it, since my mom was always back before he got home. She did say that I could go to the pool, since I had been down there to swim by myself before. So, after the list of do and don'ts, she finally left. I probably stayed in the room for about an hour or so, playing my DS and watching TV, until I started getting bored. Since I could only use the hotel phone for emergencies, my mom had her cell phone in the hotel charged for phone calls, my next plan was to go swimming for a bit. I changed into my swimsuit, and I put my cover up on, and then left the room with nothing but a towel in the room key. Thankfully, there weren't many people there, there was a woman with her baby and a kid maybe a few years younger than me playing, and then a group of like four old people in the hot tub talking. Lastly, there was a guy sitting close to the back doors working on some kind of puzzle book. I had wrapped my room key in my towel, and I set it on one of the chairs off to the side, hoping that no one would bother it, since I was leaving my cover up on it as well. I had seen multiple people grab towels from anywhere nearby the towel cart that they kept there, so I always worried that they would take mine by mistake. And, if that happened, I would lose the room key. I got in the pool by taking the stairs, which was where the mom and the kids were hanging out, and I slowly walked over to the deeper side. I liked going over there and either just floating around or swimming back and forth to each side. However, the deeper I went, the closer I got to the guy with the puzzle book. That's how I noticed that he was staring at me. 
when I would come up for air or just glance over in his direction, he was always looking at me and would just smile. After the first time, though, I stopped smiling back. I may have been shy, but something about his smile was unsettling. I tried my best to just have fun, but that feeling in my stomach was not going away. I think the mom in the pool even noticed, as I would look around at anything that I could just to stop myself from looking at him, and I noticed how she kept looking past her baby at him. That feeling would then intensify when I noticed the guy stand up and start walking towards the pool. And of all the places to get into the pool, the stairs or the ladder on the deepest side, he chose to stop and sit on the edge of the pool with his feet dangling in it, right where I was. After he sat down, the only thing he said was, Hey, young lady, mind if I jump in? The words may have been innocent, but it was something about his inflection the way that he said it that nearly gave me a panic attack. I was at a loss for words, or even actions to take, so I just looked away and swam to the other side of the pool, and then jumped over the edge to get out. My chair was close to the door, so I quickly grabbed it all, and without even trying to dry off or put on my cover, I swung open that door and I rushed out of there. I know that I may have already seemed like someone who was in a hurry or something, but I thought I would just walk fast to the elevator to get there quicker, but also not try to look like I was running away, I guess. I was 14. I didn't know what to do. However... That feeling in my gut intensified when I heard the pool door open, and out walks this same guy. You just went to get into the pool, why would you be leaving it, and leaving your stuff behind? Tell me that doesn't scream that you're trying to follow someone. So, I picked up the pace, and I ran to the elevator, jamming the button until it finally opened. But this guy was still pretty close behind me, and now waving and yelling for me to hold the elevator. Like hell, I was going to do that. So I started jamming the button to close the elevator door faster. I figured if I could get in the elevator alone, it would be safer than taking the stairs that were enclosed, and someone not being able to see or possibly hear me if something did happen. I, however didn't factor in the odds of him being capable of catching up to me, stopping the elevator, and being in an enclosed metal box with me, which was exactly what happened. My heart was pounding. I stood as close as I could to the door, but with my back against the wall, so that way he wasn't behind me and was within my vision. And that's when he started going on about how rude it was for me to not hold the door for someone especially when they ask you to. He just seemed incredibly angry for something so simple, and also towards a child. It startled me even more. I didn't know what else to do, but I clutched my stuff closer to my chest and remained quiet. When he realized he wasn't getting a response from me, he started asking about what room I was in and if I was alone or if my parents knew where I was. This was already causing anxiety to pile up, but then I realized that he never pushed a button on the elevator 
and I did. So now I was worried that he at least knew what floor I was on. So as soon as it stopped and the doors were just open enough to fit my small self through, I took off. I was terrified of the thought of him once again catching up to me, and what if he did, as I was entering my room? My mom probably wasn't back yet, so I would be alone. So, trying to think fast, I ran as far as I could to the end of the hallway and started banging on a random door, hoping for the best. I remember shouting, Dad, I forgot my key, open the door, while looking back. I noticed the guy was still coming towards me, but at a slower pace. What I wasn't expecting was an older man in his boxers and a t-shirt to open the door and look at me confused. I again was hesitant about running in this room, so I just looked down and softly said, There's a man following me. I apparently said it loud enough for him to hear as he walked out of the room shouting, What kind of grown man is following around little girls? The creep was standing in a room a few doors down and had just looked over at us. The older man started approaching him and confronted him again, asking why he was following me, when the guy said that there was obviously some misunderstanding. He claimed that he was just trying to get to his room, which happened to be on the same floor, and it must have scared me. I guess I was feeling a little more brave so I mentioned him being at the pool and what he had said in the elevator. The old man actually stuck around and told him that he better go to his room. The creep patted down his pockets and wiggled the doorknob and looked back at us and said, Oh, I, uh, I must have dropped my key somewhere, and then walked off back towards the elevator. I still highly doubt that that was actually his room and that he was just standing by it to see what happened. I felt that the old man was pretty close to knocking that guy out. After he was out of sight, the older man started asking me if I knew the guy and what happened while we were talking. Another lady and a kid walked out of their room. I assume it was like a grandparent-grandchild situation. They then walked me to my room, which was actually around the corner, about midway down the hall. When I got there... My mom ended up coming back shortly after. I told her what had happened and she immediately went to inform the front desk. Unfortunately, the only part that I really know about that was what they told my mom. They said they would check who was in that room and get back to her if they found out anything. The thing is, we were there for another week and daily my mother would ask them and they wouldn't tell her anything. They had a bit of an argument at one point, and whoever was there at the time told my mom that it wouldn't make a difference, because the guy didn't actually do anything to me, so they couldn't kick him out if he had already paid. This made my parents angry enough that we left the hotel, and went to another one for the rest of our time. So, we never did see the creep again, thankfully. I don't know what his actual intentions were, but... I try not to think too much about that stuff. I just avoid being alone in places like hotels, or where there may not be a lot of people or witnesses around from that point on. I just hope that he was never able to terrorize another kid like that again.
I'll preface this with, I have had many paranormal encounters since I was young, and many were also witnessed by the people I was living with, or confirmed by neighbors. We had fallen on some tough times financially, and the only real affordable housing where my son could remain at his current school he loved were some really old apartments. The complex was built in the 1950s and was run down. It was a two-by-two split floor plan. My husband and I took the master bedroom with the bathroom inside the master, separate room though. The bedroom was always freezing. I could never stay warm in there. Even though it's Texas, and being from Wisconsin, I know what real cold is. The other rooms in the apartment were normal temperature. I never felt comfortable being alone in the apartment, mostly because I never felt alone. The living room wall with the TV on it was also our bedroom wall and door. We always kept the bedroom door shut. I was in the living room watching TV alone, and the spot I always sat in, I swear I could see and hear the bedroom knob rattle. It was like a gust of wind had been blown at it. Our AC unit was at the other end of the apartment, and there were no vents or windows anywhere near the bedroom door. There was a coat closet door adjacent to the bedroom door in the entryway, and it never did the same thing. Just the bedroom doorknob rattled. We lived on the second floor of a two-story complex, so no one was above us. The people below us were incredibly quiet people. I never once heard them at all, let alone slamming doors or windows that could have affected us. Then, I was again sitting on the couch facing the bedroom door, reading this time, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a human-sized black shadow. It crossed from the entryway past the coat closet door and went right through the bedroom door, rattling the doorknob. I took my glasses off and tried to refocus, thinking there must be a smear or something on my glasses. There was nothing. I got up and went into the bedroom, and nothing was there. About a week later, the same thing happened, but this time the shadow was only two or three feet high. Same path from the entryway, coat closet, and right through the bedroom door with the handle rattling again. I got up, and went into the bedroom, and nothing was there. A few days later, I caught it again out of the corner of my eye, but it was just standing there full size in the entryway like it had been watching me. I only caught a glimpse of it this time before it disappeared, and this time I saw purple in its face. Like, purple eyes? although it could have been a scarf or a hat. I wasn't usually ever alone in the evenings, but my husband and son were both gone one night. I was watching TV in the living room and felt really anxious, like I wasn't alone. The bedroom door handle started rattling, along with the door shaking some this time. I started getting pretty freaked out. I knew that I needed to go check things out, I got up enough courage knowing that I had to go into the bedroom, and that the light switches are in the room, not next to the door, and I needed to use our bathroom, which took going into the dark rooms to get the lights turned on. I took some deep breaths and opened the bedroom door, and as I went straight to the bathroom door in the darkness, 
I opened it up, reached around the left to flip on the light switch. What I felt instead in the dark was my hand going through some wet substance. I can only compare it to jello-ish or like hair gel. I was shocked. I flipped on the light and went to grab the hand towel off the rack, completely expecting my whole hand to be soaked in something, but it was dry as a bone. There was nothing different about the bedroom or bathroom yet again, and the sensation of the gel stuff on my hand was gone. My middle daughter was over a few weeks later, sitting at my vanity in our bedroom, which was next to the bedroom door. I had told her of my experiences, and others. She's sensitive to energies. I was getting dressed and she was putting on makeup, because we were going out. She said, Mom? The shadow just walked through the door, past me, and into the bathroom. It looked like an old woman. She was the only one who had ever seen it besides me. We actually ended up swapping bedrooms so that my son could have the larger master bedroom to have friends over to play video games. After we switched bedrooms, I never saw the shadow again, and the other bedroom was always reasonably warm. To this day... I'm not sure what I put my hand into that night. I have an idea, but without proof and being alone that night, they are only ideas. We moved a few months later, and I've never seen that black shadow again. So... Back at my mom's house, my room was in the basement, and the only way to get into the furnace room was through my room. The way my bed was set up when I was on my side, I could see directly into the furnace room because there was no door separating my room from the furnace room. So, one night when I was laying in bed, I saw a cat walk out of the furnace room and kind of look around my room, and after I blinked, it was gone. So... After that, I talked to one of my friends whose family was friends with the people we bought the house from, and she told me that their cat had actually died in the house. I'm not sure if it died in my room or not, though. Another time, I was suffering from an ear infection, but my mom would never believe me when I told her I was having problems. She always thought I was doing it for attention or being dramatic. So, again... I was lying in bed not able to do anything because of the pain, and there is a possibility that I was hallucinating from the pain, but I saw a man standing in my doorway. He was around average height, but he was built and had wide shoulders. I was watching him for around 10 seconds when I heard a deep man's voice ask me if I was okay. I didn't feel scared. It almost lessened the pain, and I fell asleep. Around a day or two later, my mom told me that she woke up to a man standing at the foot of her bed, and she felt him tapping on her foot. She told the man to go away, and after she said that, she felt like she was being pushed into the bed. When she was describing the man, it matched exactly what I saw. The way that my house was... You would walk down the stairs, and then there was another staircase with like four stairs that you went down, and that's where the furnace room and my room and the laundry room were. So, 
one night. When I was in bed, I was looking at the laundry room, which was open. And I saw a woman walk in wearing a white dress. I remember her being pretty and not creepy at all. So I walked into the laundry room and it was empty. I went upstairs in the living room because my stepdad was still awake watching TV. I told him what happened and he said that he saw that same woman walk down the stairs. One time when I was home alone, I was sitting on the couch watching TV and it was a couple of days after my brother's birthday. So he had one of those helium balloons in his room upstairs. I was watching TV when I see the balloon floating down the stairs and it stops right in front of me. It was like something was trying to play with me at first. I thought it could have just been an open window, but I realized that all the windows were closed and it would have had to have left his room, floated down the stairs, and turned towards me to stop, which kind of freaked me out. So I told my parents, but they just laughed at me for getting freaked out by a balloon. Then a couple days later, the same thing happens to them. But the weird part was that they were sitting in different seats than I was, so I don't think that it was a draft or anything. The last story freaked me out the most but could also have been my imagination. I'm not sure. So one night I was in bed and my stepdad had built a wall to cover the furnace room in my room and then made a doorway outside my room in the hallway. So it was easier to get into. As I'm lying there, I can see the shape of a person peeking into my room and then quickly ducking back into the furnace room. I watched whatever it was do that for around 10 minutes. But the weird part was, it was really dark in my room, but whatever it was, was darker than the darkness, if that makes sense. I only saw that thing the one time, so I don't know if it was me imagining it or not. This happened to me just earlier tonight. After I got off work from McDonald's, I was sitting in the lobby enjoying a much-needed post-work meal when suddenly a young, I would guess mid-twenties man sitting at the table across from me looked directly at me and piped up. I don't think you know me, but I know you. So, naturally, I'm extremely taken aback and wondering what the heck this man is on about and just give him a bewildered look, hoping that he'll explain himself. Noticing my confusion, he asked me, You work at Walmart, right? Walmart is indeed my other workplace apart from McDonald's, so now things started making sense. Oh, yeah, I work both here and there, I replied. He then just nodded and smiled before remarking, I thought so. You gave me the best customer service ever. I know you probably don't remember all the customers you get, but I remember you. You're really smart. You know all the ifs, ands, and buts of the place. They should give you a promotion. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad I was able to provide you with such great customer service, and I'm glad that you found me so memorable. I felt the tone was light-hearted enough by this point that I could playfully call out his clumsy wording before, so I then remarked, but did you have to open up the way that you did? I don't know you, but you know me. 
Pal, that was the creepiest possible thing you could have said. Like, it reminded me of a line from a stalker film. He laughed at himself along with me and apologized for his poor word choice, and we started making small talk for a few minutes. Now, if the encounter had ended there, I would be regarding it as more wholesome than creepy, but no such luck. I noticed that, during my conversation with him, a woman about his age who was seated at the table with him, and who I presumed to be his girlfriend, kept interjecting angry remarks at him. She would call him effing stupid, tell him to shut up, and similar remarks. It happened several times. The first few times, he and I both tried to ignore her, but after that, he just looked at me awkwardly and said, She's mad. I don't know why. I just chuckled back at him with equal awkwardness and shrugged. Finally, she'd had enough. She leapt up from her seat, stomped over to him, grabbed his wrist, and hissed, Get in the car now! He sighed and gave in to her. He said his goodbyes to me as she basically dragged him out the door. Thinking all of that was over and that they had left, I just shook my head and went back to my meal. But mere moments later... Both of them stormed back in and started arguing very loudly and profanely with one another in front of the whole restaurant. They physically grabbed each other's upper arms and just started repeatedly yelling insults and vulgarities in each other's face. Obviously, this was very much to the point of disturbing the peace, so my manager firmly told them to leave the building immediately. This caused them to turn around and start cussing out my coworkers in retaliation. So, a whole group of them banded together to literally chase the two out the door, with my manager exclaiming that she was going to call the cops. This scared them off enough that they got in their vehicle and sped off. My manager still followed through on calling the cops, though, and a few minutes later an officer was outside speaking with her. My other co-workers had gone back to their duties by this time, so I quickly finished up my food and started heading out. I wondered if the cop was going to want to talk to me too, but he seemed content to just continue speaking with my manager. So, I continued making my way across the parking lots to Walgreens, where I had been planning to stop on my way home. While out there... I encountered an older couple who had witnessed the two troublemakers drive off angrily, and the husband told me that whoever was driving the vehicle backed it up into the curb so hard that the bumper had fallen off. I in turn explained to them what had happened before that. It was a lover's spat that very quickly turned into a disturbance of the peace. They asked me if anyone had gotten hurt, and I said thankfully not. We exchanged a few more words about the incident and a bit of friendly conversation before cordially parting ways. Both my time at Walgreens and my trip home went off without further incident. I still feel a little uneasy knowing that these clearly unstable people know where I work and apparently find me very recognizable. But hopefully, whatever rage they have is solely directed at each other and not me. So, I've been down on my luck as of late, and unfortunately have had to move out of my apartment due to the building being shut down 
because there was a major issue. I don't know the whole story, but I think it had something to do with mold in the inner walls or something. Basically, we were kicked out and told we could come back eventually, but there's been no updates for about a week. It's incredibly stressful not being able to be in your home because of things out of your control and to not know if you'll be told that you can't come back and to just get your stuff really sucks. Thankfully, because this was an issue with the property and was not my doing, nor the fault of anyone that lives there, the rental company has to cover our living expenses until they get everything sorted out. However, they also have the ability to restrict where they are willing to let us stay, and they chose a hotel that is an extended-stay type of place in a rather mediocre part of town. Now, I don't want to complain about a free living space, but... This place needs some major TLC. The first thing that I noticed when I went to check in was that the main lobby's carpet was horrifically dirty, like stained multiple colors and fraying at most of the edges kind of dirty. And the TV in the lobby was a thick CRT-style TV that was really small. I know I sound like I'm complaining, but it's just one of those things that in 2022, if you see a CRT TV in the lobby of a hotel, it kind of speaks to the quality of the overall hotel. Some people will disagree with that, and that's fine, but that's just my opinion. Anyways, I checked in and got my key to my room, which was room 203. I got to the room and went in, and it was nothing special. It was a pretty bland and plain single-bed room, and that was fine. As wary as I was of the hotel... I was still happy that I had a place to sleep and that I didn't have to pay for it. Honestly, it was decent here for the most part, for the first couple of weeks, until one night in the second week, I got a phone call to my room. I answered it, because it was kind of weird and I assumed it was the front desk because who else would have the number directly to my room? I say hello and the person on the other end says, Hi, this is Howard from the front desk. There was an issue with your payment, and we need you to come down to the front desk to clear it up. Shouldn't take but a moment or two. I mentioned that I wasn't the one paying for the room, and that it was being paid for by my apartment complex. And after a moment, the guy said, Huh, well, if you could just come down, I'll get your info, and we'll get this squared away. Obviously, I was annoyed, but just said okay and that I'd be down in a moment. I grabbed my wallet and phone and went to the elevator and then went down to the main lobby. I got down to the desk and the same woman that had checked me in two weeks ago was working. I mentioned to her that I got a call from someone at the front desk saying that there was an issue with my payment. She kind of looked at me confused and mentioned that she was the only person working the front desk that night and that she wasn't aware of any issues. I asked if there was someone named Howard that worked there, as that was who called my room, and she told me that there wasn't. After a few moments of her checking my booking and making sure that everything was okay with everything, I thanked her and mentioned that it must have just been a prank caller or something. She agreed, but told me to come back and tell her if it happens again or if there are any other issues. I went back up to the second floor and went over to my room, and as soon as I entered, I realized what had happened. I got in, and my suitcase with all my clothes was gone. When I went downstairs, it was sitting on the chair in the corner, as I always do, and when I got back, 
it was just gone. I immediately called the front desk and told her that my room had been robbed, that someone had broken in while I was downstairs and stolen my items. She was a bit confused on how that could have happened since I was the only person that should have had the key to the room, but she said that she would call the police and would send one of the hotel staff up to the room right away. I just sat there honestly feeling violated, like I should have realized something was up because there was no way something would have just been wrong with my payment, as I wasn't the only tenant staying here. I should have asked more questions and pressed the guy and I would have realized it was BS, but hindsight is twenty twenty. After a few minutes, I had a knock on my door from one of the hotel staff and then the police showed up and I explained what had happened to all of them. I told them that I'd gotten a call on the phone saying there was an issue I needed to come downstairs for and I fell for it. I then said that when I got back into my room, my stuff was gone. The police asked me if I was the only one that had a key to my room and I told them I was, and the staff member mentioned that the only people that could get into the rooms were the customer that rented it and the cleaning crew. It was at this point that one of the officers asked if they had cameras in the hallways, and they confirmed they did. I'm not going to get into the specific details of all that happened, but they checked the security camera and they did see someone enter my room. Sure enough, he used a cleaning crew key to get in. It was a different color than the normal room key, and the staff confirmed that it was a staff key. Even worse, the front desk knew exactly who it was that was on the camera stealing my stuff. It was another tenant of the building that I lived in. It was seriously someone else that was in the same situation as me. They had decided that they would take the time that they were stuck in this hotel to steal a key from a staff member and rob the other people staying there. I think he was surprised when I mentioned that I was there from the apartment complex because I think he was targeting other people, but he still saw opportunity and took it. After the front desk confirmed who he was, the officers went up and checked out his room and, long story short, he was arrested. He'd mostly stolen small things from people while he was there, but when he got to my room, there was nothing sitting out except my suitcase full of my clothing, so he just snatched the whole thing and ran, hence why I was the first to complain about this. I was the first to notice. In the end, he was arrested, and I got my stuff back, and I am actually, as of the time of writing this, still staying in this hotel mostly because I don't have much of a choice. There haven't been any more issues, thankfully, and I'm kind of paranoid now about everything I hear in the hallway, thinking it's going to be someone breaking in. I know that's dumb, but it's just a response to having my temporary home violated like that. Hopefully, I get to move back into my apartment soon. Like, hopefully by the new year soon. But I'm not holding my breath. I think about this a lot, and I truly think that I might have stopped a kidnapping just by being in a parked car. My ex-boyfriend lived with me for over a year, and there was a period of time where his truck was acting up, so I would pick him up from work. He worked just down the road from my place at a liquor store, so he would get out around 10pm on weeknights. 
One night, he asks me to pick him up, and I agree. I get all swaddled in my pajamas and drive down to grumpily wait for him since my bedtime was 10pm due to my job. I parked my car in the small parking lot out front. His liquor store is sandwiched between an adult shop and a head shop. Party central, I guess. By now, the head shop and liquor store are closed, so their thirds of the lots are mostly empty. The adult shop only had one other car in front of it. Outside the liquor store is my car, and one other, so three total cars, with a woman standing outside of it, sitting on her hood. I don't think much of it. Maybe she's waiting for someone in the adult shop or one of my ex's co-workers and just relaxing in the summer night air. I sit hunched in my seat, car off, playing on my phone. I notice a white van. I know shade, but that's why I noticed it, pull into the lot. It drives through slowly, and then back out onto the main road. Weird, but maybe they wanted alcohol and saw the store was closed. Whatever. I go back to my phone, but I glance at the woman. She's still outside of her car, but she's moved between my car and hers. I had parked a couple spots over, so close, but not too close. I go back to my phone. The same white van pulls in again and stops in front of her. I sit up slightly to watch. I'm a true crime nut, what can I say? I'm easily alerted. And I watch some guy roll down the van window and lean out to talk to the woman. I pull out my phone to snap a photo of the license plate, again, just in case, but I can't see it. So I turn on my car and go to open the door, but the guy in the van instantly pulls away and leaves. The woman moves closer to my car as I get out and approach her. I ask her what was that, and she says she doesn't know. He was trying to ask her for directions, but he stopped mid-sentence when I turned on my car. I ask her if she's waiting for anyone, and she says, kinda. She's been sitting outside the liquor store for three hours waiting on a tow truck because she locked her keys inside her car, and she couldn't leave the car because her puppy was in the back seat. Thankfully, it wasn't a hot night. It was a very nice night. So she was waiting for a tow truck. As her and I are talking, my ex comes out and asks what's up, so we decide to help her since there was no freaking way I was leaving her alone. I have some rope in my car for emergencies, and my ex uses it to basically jimmy her door open, make a lasso, and hook it around her door lock and pull it up to unlock it. It works and we open the door just as the tow truck pulls in. Her puppy is safe, we wish her well, and I get back in the car and tell my ex, I think I almost watched her get kidnapped. It was Christmas time, and I remember that I had broken my ankle prior to this, so I was wearing my cast at this point. The doctors gave me this shoe thing so I could walk without crutches. My cast was bright pink, which, looking back, why? (laughs) Anyways, my parents and I were going Christmas shopping at Target, but we ended up literally buying some socks and shampoo. Not much. We didn't even get any gifts, so... It was a waste of time. So, 
We paid and we were leaving when I saw this male just staring at our car. We had parked in a semi-empty area and there were only a couple of cars. Like, he wasn't looking inside and snooping around the car. He was just standing straight staring at the right side of the car. Now, at that time, we had this beige-brown color Ford Explorer. It was a 2002 So, I'm confused, and we didn't have anything inside at all, so I was even more creeped out. Now, I wanted to go back and get a security guard, but my dad said that it was fine and he'll tell him to move, and told me to get in the left side. I usually sit on the right side, so, yeah. Now, we got there and this dude did not move. Even when my dad told him to move, he just stood and stared inside. My mom just said to get in the car quickly, and we did. We all got in, and the man just stood there and kept staring inside. I felt his gaze on me because he was staring at the right side behind the driver's seat, so since I got in, he was staring at me. But I didn't look. I just looked ahead of me, and at this point, I was kind of scared that my dad was going to hit him because he was pretty close. So, my dad backs up and is turning to get out of the parking lot when we see the guy move and open the left side door of the car. At that point, I screamed, and my dad just sped off. And when he did, the door closed because he turned, and my heart was pounding. As we sped off, we saw him just stand there and start moving towards the entrance of Target. Now, I literally was having so many thoughts in my head, like, oh my god, what if he put a GPS tracker or something on our car? Because we didn't know how long he had just been standing there. But my parents were like, no, I don't think so, he was probably just some creep. That night I prayed, I was like, Lord, please don't let him track us and stuff like that. I was terrified. Besides being scared and creeped out... Well, we were fine. The next day, my parents had work, and they would usually take me since it was a Sunday. Well, to get there, we had to pass the same target, and when we did, we saw an empty parking lot with that same blonde, long-haired white guy. When I say my heart stopped, I was terrified. Even my parents were shocked, and he was just there staring as we drove by. After that... We never saw him again. Now, this may have been six years ago, but... Oh my god, that was so scary and creepy. And I never want to meet that guy again. And yes, we still go to that Target, but we make sure to park where there are lots of cars. I was dog-sitting when I got home every day, around 2.30pm, and I would take her out for a fairly long walk. I do think it's important to note that we took the same route at the same time, every day. Other important notes, it is winter in Canada, so it's pretty cold, and there were not a large amount of people around, mostly just other people walking their dogs, but also a few people on their way somewhere or walking for exercise or whatever. 
It was not standing around, hanging outside kind of weather. And she's a small dog who is extremely friendly, and would offer zero protection against the attack of two men. And we took this walk through the park, which is really just a trail near my house. And while it's kind of isolated for the most part, you're within shouting distance of houses. However, there is an optional section of the path which leads to a more secluded area. Imagine the path as a straight line and this section is a semicircle that connects to it on both ends, quite literally a detour. And while I am a naturally anxious and paranoid person, the dog really enjoyed this part of the walk, I'm assuming because she could smell animals or wildlife, rabbits and deer mostly, and also it's mostly taken by people with dogs, and you know how much dogs love to mark their territory over places other dogs before them have done so. One day, while we're walking this section of the path, a man in a very distinctive blue jacket appears, and while he gives me bad vibes, there is no interaction between us, and he's headed in the opposite direction, so it's fairly unremarkable. I've never seen this man before. The very next day, while we're headed to that area of the path, another man in a silver jacket passes us, but also is moving slower than normal. Because I have a dog, we stop every few feet to investigate, and are not moving at a regular pace. However, this man stays close enough that he remains in my line of sight until he arrives at the bridge. The bridge is pretty much at the entrance of this detour. At the bridge, he stops and is just kind of waiting there. I think he was also on his phone, though I'm not sure. This man also gives me that awful gut feeling, but I'm assuming that he's just waiting for someone and I try not to worry about it. Weirdly, as we approach the bridge, he turns and starts walking back towards us. I'm feeling creeped the hell out, and also dealing with some nausea issues unrelated to this, so we don't take the detour that day, because I just want to be lying down at home as soon as possible. As we continue on, I glance back and the man in the silver jacket is back on the bridge waiting, so I don't really know what the whole seeming like he was going to head back as we went across the bridge was, but whatever. As we're continuing on our way, we run into that man in the blue jacket again. I've never seen this guy before, and now here he is two days in a row at the same time. He was looking at slash using his phone while walking. Anyway, we just keep moving and he's headed towards the man on the bridge. This pretty much concludes the first interaction with these men, and really it's easy to explain it all the way as me being overly paranoid and them being normal people, not out looking to hurt or assault someone. I continue to walk the dog at the same time every day. However, we now always skip the detour just to make me feel safer, and we don't see the man in the blue coat again. However, a week or so later, maybe longer, maybe less, I'm not really good with time, but at least several days, the dog and I are on our usual walk. As we approach the bridge, who should appear but the man in the silver jacket? Again, just kind of waiting by the bridge. He appears from off the side of the path, and quite frankly, I straight up turn around and head back the way we came. 
shortly before the bridge, the path has an offshoot that leads up behind my house, and so we head that way instead. This is probably fairly obvious to the man in the silver jacket, as we had passed that offshoot, and when we see him, we straight up just turn around. This day, the weather was objectively not good. It was really cold and also snowing, so there were even fewer people around than is typical, and I wasn't willing to risk it. I firmly live by the motto, you only have to be wrong once to end up dead, and as such, I have no problem screwing politeness, which has maybe saved my hide a few times, or I could simply be overly paranoid. Edit. I just went back and listened to my video where I mentioned the first encounter, and I was wrong here. Blue Jacket Guy was definitely on his phone. Silver Jacket Guy may have been, but I can't be sure. It's weird how unreliable memories can be sometimes. I mean, it's a small detail that doesn't actually really change anything about the story, but I do want this to be as accurate as possible. I have a hotel lodging-related story that I wanted to share because it was fairly creepy in my opinion. It wasn't really a hotel. It was a small bed and breakfast type place that was owned by a couple. When I booked this room, I was feeling down about things, having gone through a recent breakup, and I wanted to get away for a while. I assumed a nice weekend getaway to a quaint little bed and breakfast in a small town would be exactly what I needed to clear my head. This specific B&B looked like it was perfect. I booked the room and took the trip out to the house. When I got there, I immediately noticed a bit of a red flag about the guy that was checking me in. He saw me, and I quickly noticed that he was giving me this really weird flirty stare. I'm going to assume that most of you out there will know what I mean. He was giving me this half smirk, and I could tell that he was staring at my chest for most of the conversation. Overall, he was a creep, but I assumed that he was probably just someone that worked for them to do check-ins. I followed through with giving them my info for the reservation, and that was when I was greeted by a woman, and she mentioned that she would take me to my room. On the way to the room, I asked her for the employee's name at the front desk because I was planning on talking to the owner about him, and she answered with, The guy that checked you in? That's my husband. We're the owners. As soon as I said that, I dropped it. She just smiled and nodded and said, Oh, lovely. She showed me to my room. I set up shop and just decided to let it go and move on. The guy was a creep, sure, but I assumed that he wouldn't do anything other than be a creep from a distance and stare. It was uncomfortable, sure, but I wasn't going to let him ruin my weekend. I was here for me, and that was that. Sure, that was a bit ignorant, but again, this was a married man that co-owned a business, and I assumed that he wasn't going to pursue it any further. The first night was fine, and the first day was a really good time. I enjoyed a few places in town, and when I got back, I spent some time in my room working on some art on my laptop. It was a nice way to spend the afternoon and evening, and around 10 p.m., I decided I should go ahead and go to sleep. I put my laptop away, got dressed for bed, 
and turned off the light. Somewhere around 10 minutes or so after I got into bed, I started feeling like something was off. It was one of those, did I forget to do something or is something happening that I don't know about that I should, moments, like my instincts were saying something was up. I opened my eyes a bit and kind of shifted to look around the room, and as soon as I looked over at my door, I noticed that it moved. I shot up out of bed, and I nearly jumped to the door, pulling it open. And, big surprise, on the other side of the door was the guy from the front desk, just standing there like a deer in the headlights. I asked him what the hell he thought he was doing, and he fumbled over his words for several moments before landing on, I thought I heard a noise and I wanted to see if there was someone in there with you. I was nothing shy of livid at this point. I asked why the hell he thought he'd have the right to come into a customer's room like that, in the middle of the night. He started getting defensive and telling me that it was against the rules to bring people into the room that weren't on the reservation, and started screaming at me about how he was going to kick me out. Right around this time, the other owner, his wife, stepped out of their room asking what was going on. The man seriously started shouting and saying that I had someone in my room, and then started screaming incoherently about how I was doing drugs in my room and that he saw me with a crack pipe. He was literally just throwing out everything he possibly could that made literally no sense. She looked at me bewildered, like she had no idea what was going on with her husband, and she then asked me what happened. I told her the truth, that I was in bed, looked up and saw my door open, and then when I got up and opened it, he was on the other side. She looked at me and then at him, and he was seriously bawling his eyes out and mumbling. She asked me if I wanted to stay the rest of the night, but said that if I wanted to leave, she would give me a refund for the room. It was pretty clear that she really didn't know how to handle this event. I told her that I would like to go ahead and get my stuff and go, and she nodded and said she would see me at the front desk in a few minutes. I went in and grabbed my clothes and backpack and went down to the desk and the woman was incredibly apologetic. She mentioned that she has no idea why he did what he did, and I really think she was just in shock that something like this had happened. She did end up refunding me for the whole stay and again mentioned that she was sorry. I accepted the apology, but mentioned that she needed to really deal with her husband. She agreed. After that, I went ahead and stayed the night in a close-by hotel and put it behind me. Was it creepy as hell? Yes. And could it have gone really bad really quickly depending on what his intentions were? Absolutely. Honestly, I was just glad it was over and I didn't have to think about it again. I obviously never went back, and I'm just hopeful that she got away from that creep of a husband, because he was most likely going to escalate at some point if he wasn't dealt with. Obviously, my self-care weekend was ruined, but it's alright. I moved on and got past all that, and life is better now, even though I'm a bit iffy on staying anywhere other than large hotels. Before I moved to London, I used to live in a 1950s built house in Hampshire, UK. 
my parents had purchased it in 99 from an old couple who had lived in it since it was built, so no one had died in it. The first thing that happened was that the cats wouldn't stay in the house. They would always bolt out for some reason. After my parents started renovating, my brother and I started feeling like we were being watched in the house. And at night in the living room, you would always feel like something was watching you through the new glass doors from the hallway or the stairs. After a while, if we were sitting downstairs, and we started hearing footsteps moving from my bedroom in the room above, walking to my brother's neighboring room, and then across the landing to the hallway to my parents' room. My parents both dismissed it as the pipes cooling or the floorboards settling, but you could distinctly tell exactly what boards the footsteps were treading on. At one point, some friends came over, and I was alone, and as you walked down the street, you could see into our living room, they asked if I had relatives staying as they had seen people sitting on the sofa. Things started to move. You would place shoes by the door and then they would be under the stairs. Or things like keys would be moved somewhere else. Then, it gets really creepy. One day I had run a bath and was listening to music on the computer in the study in the next room. It had been a while and the music had stopped as the PC had gone into standby mode. I had been in the bath for about an hour, and I fell asleep. And as the water had just gone past my nose, the music on the PC shot back on louder and woke me up. Bearing in mind that, in those days, you had to mash the keyboard or really jiggle the mouse to wake up the computer. This saved me from potentially drowning. I took this to be that whatever in the house wasn't bad. However, a few weeks later, I woke up bolt upright, like something had woken me up. It must have been around two in the morning. My door was open to the landing, and it was a bright full moon night, shining through the hallway onto the brick landing. I looked, and to my terror, I saw an old man. But he wasn't standing up. It was like he was laying on the stairs and his head was at foot height staring around the landing wall directly at me. The moonlight was on his face, and it haunts me to this day. I closed the door and slept with my light on for the rest of the night. My parents sold the house in 2004 when they moved to New Zealand, and when I spoke to my dad about it later, he said that he knew something was in the house, but he hadn't wanted to scare my brother and I. He'd had his own experiences. He heard the same footsteps on the floorboards, and in the mornings when he would get up to make tea for mom, he would hear footsteps behind him in the kitchen walking towards him, something brushing past him, and the taps would turn on by themselves. Years later, when I told him about the old man that I'd seen, he said that on a few occasions, he'd been in the lounge at night, and in the reflection of his reading glasses, he could see the exact same man sitting in the armchair behind him. My dad is a massive skeptic, a policeman back in the day, and a no-nonsense project director. Apparently, he was so freaked out that he went to the public records office to see what our house had been built on. The area had been made up of an old mansion estate back in Victorian times. 
and it looked like our kitchen had been built over a pathway leading from the old big house to an ice house outbuilding. He thinks that maybe it was the servants or whoever that walked that path, but it was very spooky. Hi. Just to give some description about myself, I'm a 20-year-old female. I'm fairly short, and because of my appearance, I often get mistaken for a minor. I live in a somewhat small town in California, and this town isn't really all that safe, but then again, most places aren't either. This happened when I was 19, by the way, just to clarify. Back to the story. When I used to live in my previous house before getting kicked out by my D-bag landlord uncle, we didn't do anything bad, he just wanted money for himself. What a guy. I had a friend over that night. He was a good friend. I let him crash at my place because he didn't want to go back to his household from how insanely toxic and dysfunctional it was, but anyways, I let him stay. We had this idea to go to our local 7-Eleven that was right up the street from my neighborhood. It was about a nine-minute walk. When we went out, it was pitch black outside. And I know what you're thinking. Why the hell would you be outside walking at 3 a.m.? I'm not sure. We just wanted some snacks and some drinks since we were watching a movie, or a show, I can't remember. But all I remember is that it was long. And the walk up there was decent, and nothing creepy happened. But hey... Walking out in the middle of the night can be creepy, but I'm glad that I had someone with me. When we made it up there, we grabbed what we came up there for, which was a couple of sodas and some chips. We paid for our snacks and left. That's simple, right? So, when we walked out of the 7-Eleven, there were a few ways that you could get to my house. The first was down the street, next to a church, which was initially a safe path to walk. I guess. And the other was down a neighborhood that was just creepy. And I don't know why I did this, but I decided for us to take that path to go back home. After walking through the neighborhood, we walked past this elementary school. Now, I know this is weird and it could be a guy just taking a midnight run since I know some people actually do that, but this guy wearing a blue shirt and black basketball shorts literally booked it like he was running for his life, or like he was running away from someone. I could just tell. It was like a gut feeling. He disappeared into the dark elementary school and never returned. He probably just kept running or maybe was hiding from someone, I'm not sure, but after he ran off, there was this shady-looking car that just sat there for a moment and drove off. Fast forward... My friend and I sat on a bench next to one of our local high schools. We sat there to sit for a moment and just talked about some things. I can't remember what. So here's the weirdest freaking thing. That shady looking car from earlier apparently followed us, parked on the curb, and these three shady as hell looking men opened the car doors and almost came out. They didn't see my friend until I jumped off the bench and that's when they saw him. My friend is pretty tall and intimidating, so 
I guess when they saw him with me, they got back in their dinky-looking car and drove off. I wish I was making this up, like some weird story, but no, this was a real encounter that did happen to me. We did make it home safe after all that happened, and vowed to never walk in the middle of the night to go anywhere. It was a better idea to have just went during the day, but I was pretty stupid. Again, I know this story sounds weird, but I'm telling the truth. I know it can be hard to take someone's word and trust them. I understand that a lot. But this was one creepy encounter I faced, and I'm glad I wasn't alone. If my friend wasn't there with me, I'm sure that I'd be dead, in a ditch, or worse. Trafficking does happen often in my area, and I know that it happens in a lot of places. It's unfortunate. This happened in November of 2021. Me and a friend, both 20 female at the time, attended EDC Orlando. The first day slash night was amazing. The second day there was a completely different vibe. Tons of people there looking like they just came to party because they heard about the event. That night while leaving was terrifying, as there were tons of creepy men catcalling us on the way to the shuttles. We had bought a ticket for a home base after party that also had a shuttle pass. On the way to the shuttles, we were asking all the people checking shuttle tickets which one we were to go to, and they kept saying all the way down to the right. We got to the last one, and they said the same thing. We continued to walk down, and there were a bunch more sketchy-looking shuttles with signs saying, Home Base Unofficial Shuttles, followed by more sketchy men trying to get us on. We kept walking, and found a long line for a shuttle with people saying it was going to home base. As we get to the doors of the shuttle, there was a man with a bulletproof vest and walkie-talkies. My friend asks him what unofficial shuttles meant, and he said it was just because home base wasn't actually linked with EDC. He tried to scan our passes, and it didn't go through, and he talked to someone through his walkie-talkie, and they decided to let us on. Mind you, we are rolling at this time, but I'm still very aware of my surroundings and was uncomfortable getting on to the shuttle based on everything we went through to get there. The shuttle was supposed to take us to Wyndham Resorts. On the way there, I was paying attention to every street sign and looking at everyone else seemingly high out of their minds and sleepy from the long day that we had just had. We arrive at a Best Western Hotel and everyone gets off, including me and my friend. We begin to walk not knowing where we're supposed to go, and the entire hotel seems empty and ghost town-like, with a seemingly homemade home base sign. We turn around and see absolutely no one from the shuttle that just came off with us. We see a man coming from the back dark parking lot walking towards us, we turn around again and see two men walking towards us as well. We decide to just stand there and wait to ask them a question about where we're supposed to go, but as all three approached where we were, they shook hands and said, Oh, what's up, bro? How you been? Staring at us the entire time. 
that interaction scared us, as we felt that they didn't really know each other and were trying to get us, so we just extremely fast walked to the parking lot and came right out at a drive where it was fully lit. We got an Uber and went straight back to the hotel. Safe to say, the next day we went sober. I've had paranormal experiences since I was young, and this one was pretty creepy. My husband and my two-year-old daughter had moved into a semi-new apartment complex. I was a stay-at-home mom. I first noticed that the lights flickered in the hallway, and the TV would turn off on its own. I always felt uneasy being alone in the apartment. It felt dark, although it had lots of windows and there was plenty of light during the daytime. One very early morning at the break of dawn, I heard a jingling of tags from a pet, something jump onto the bed, do circles on the comforter, and lay down by my legs. I grew up with a dog sleeping with me and thought, the dog is asleep now, but we don't have a dog. I bolted up, there was nothing there, and I thought that it was a dream. I decided to switch bedrooms with our daughter as she had the larger one. One night, in the other bedroom, I was asleep early morning again, and the covers kept being tugged off of me. I'm always cold in a light sleeper, and I finally woke up, and the covers were moving on their own. My husband woke up and saw it too. They were being pulled down off of us. Didn't go back to sleep that morning either. A couple of weeks later, I had a dream where someone said, Do you want to see a ghost? And I said, Sure. I got out of bed and walked into the living-slash-dining area. I looked to the right and noticed that our apartment was filled with old antique furniture and was decorated with someone else's things it looked like. Confused, I turned my head to the left dining area and saw an old grey woman crouched over what appeared to be a desk. We had a dining table set there. She turned her head and glared angrily at me and it scared the crap out of me, and I woke up. I was rattled for days. A month or so later, we were sitting outside talking to the upstairs neighbors, a mother and a daughter. She went on to say that the former tenant in our apartment was an elderly woman who was a piano teacher, but they made her stop having students to the apartment because of the traffic in the parking lot taking up parking spaces and the noise from the piano playing. She also said she was an extremely angry old woman, and that she had died in the apartment. I froze and said, Did she have a little dog that died there too? She said, Yes, she did, with a puzzled look on her face, like, How did you know that? I didn't even go into my experiences because no one ever believes you, and writes off these experiences as sleep paralysis or something else. But the apartment was haunted. We were only there for a year and then we moved, and I never saw that old woman again. So, I'm here to tell you about an experience I had with paranormal activity 
that took place back in 2006 in the summer. I was 18 years old and was living with my brother in a building which had two apartments, two floors. In the lower one, there was us, and on the second floor, my cousins, my uncle, and my aunt. Every summer, my cousins, aunt, and uncle used to go on vacation at their home village, so the house was completely empty for three months, and no one was living there. My aunt's bedroom was built right above our bedroom, my brother and I, and three to four times a week when we were playing video games, we used to hear heavy steps right above us, in the aunt's bedroom. As said before, there was no one living in the apartment, and it was locked up for many days. Also, there weren't any buildings built next to this one, so it couldn't have been our neighbors. We couldn't explain this situation, so we decided to investigate it. We did some research, and finally we bought a professional microphone which detects specific frequencies. I don't fully remember the details in order to detect something paranormal. My father had a separate key of my aunt's apartment for emergency reasons, so we took it, and we opened the apartment, set up the microphone, and waited. If a non-paranormal sound, like cars from outside, our voices, took place, we took notes, so that there wouldn't be a misunderstanding. Also, We were setting the microphone in the bedroom around 3am for one or two hours. The first night, we heard nothing. The second night, we also heard nothing. Third night was the same story, but the fourth night, we heard something that froze our blood. I went into the room and said the following question. What's your name? I want an answer. I then left and sat with my brother and cousin in the living room. Three hours went by and when we checked the recording ten minutes after my questions, we heard four loud steps and a weird noise, like the lips of someone who's very close to the microphone, and then a clear name, Yota, which is a Greek name. We freaked the hell out. We never thought we would catch something like that, and we were terrified. After that, we never did this again because we were pretty scared, and we also read on a site that if you start talking to him... You should end it right away, because it isn't any good. Four months went by, and we never told anyone or showed the recording about this incident, until our grandma randomly said that someone called Yota used to live in this apartment. When we asked about her, she said that this woman died at the age of 26 many years ago. This incident still haunts me every night. I really don't believe in ghosts or stories that I read on the internet about them, but even now as a grown man, I still wonder what happened that day. This happened probably about 14 years ago, when I was 17. I was in university in California, I graduated high school early, so I started at university early, and I used to go to a local Starbucks by my campus in my free time to study because it was hard for me to focus at home. I remember this older guy used to come in a lot and just sit alone at a table always facing me with one small coffee, and he would just stare. It made me deeply uncomfortable 
but I was too young to think about reporting it because I didn't think there was anything to report. He was just staring, not approaching me or anything. In fact, I thought that some of it was in my head. I began to notice that sometimes he would leave around the same time that I did. With this Starbucks, the parking was mostly in the ground level of a free parking structure that was around the corner from the shop. It was usually super easy to get a spot right in the front, so you could actually see your car from the street in the structure. I usually parked there and never felt particularly unsafe, except when I would realize that he was following me out. I began to note what his car looked like and where he would park. It would usually be a little away from me, and I would wait for him to leave before I went anywhere, because I didn't want him following me. One afternoon, though, I was heading to my car and I noticed that he had parked right next to me. The passenger side of the car was by my driver's side, and it was very close. I didn't see him, but I remember just having the most awful feeling in the pit of my stomach when I realized he had parked so close. I rushed to get into my car, and it was at that moment that I shut the door that I realized he was following me, and approaching the driver's side door of my vehicle. He had gotten as far as the door when I quickly locked it, and thankfully I did it fast enough because he tried to open my door a second later. I immediately backed out of that spot and floored it out of the structure. I got caught at a red light outside of the structure though, which gave this guy enough time to catch up to me in his car. I honestly don't know why I didn't call the cops at this moment. I remember trying to rationalize what was going on in my head and thinking maybe I was making a big deal out of nothing, even though the man had just literally tried to open my car door. I know, it's stupid, but I was 17. If it were me now at 31, you bet I would have driven straight to the nearest police station. Thankfully though, I was aware enough that I needed to lose him before I went home, so I turned into a series of residential streets to see if he would follow. He did. I just sped up and made a bunch of random turns until I was sure that I lost him. Then, I drove home, and I never went back to that Starbucks again. I don't want to think about what would have happened had I not been quick enough to lock my door or lose him. We moved about four months ago into a temporary place while we build our forever home. This is an older single-wide trailer, probably 1980s, that has been updated inside. It's cheaper, so it helps with building expenses. Anyways, my son's room is on one end of the trailer and ours on the other. We frequently go to the bathroom throughout the night next to his room. Several times now, we have went to use the restroom and heard my son giggling and talking to himself. In complete darkness. By himself. Sometimes you can hear what he's saying, like that tickles, you're funny, etc., now, my significant other says he has heard him around 3 to 4 a.m. most times, whereas I've heard him around 5 to 6 a.m. My son stays with my ex-husband half the week. We have 50-50 custody. 
and when my son isn't here, we have heard things from his room. My significant other has heard giggles and muffled talking, toys randomly coming on. However, we always find logical reasons to dismiss it. We live next to a 24-hour gas station, about 20 yards from my son's window, and figure that it's people talking over there. Plus, we have two cats that may sneak into his room and knock the toys on. That being said, this morning my son told me that there is a boy in his room, and that he tickles him. This totally has me freaked out. Some backstory on my son. He's five years old, and is diagnosed with autism. He was nonverbal until last year. We do struggle with complex conversations, so asking him to describe what he sees just doesn't work well yet. He's a very happy and loving child. Since moving, he seems to be acting the same, just these issues at night where he's awake, which is causing him to be sleepy during the day. So, ghost? Imaginary friend? I'm just hoping that someone has had a similar situation. Our home is projected to be done in September, so we'll be here for several more months. Thanks. Update. So, I've been doing some digging and talking throughout our small community, and apparently a ten-year-old girl passed away from cancer in the home. Also, many drowning deaths have occurred in the river that runs behind our home. And, a car accident happened in front of the home where a woman was killed. I'll try to tell my story clearly, as I'm not that good typing very long posts, so bear with me here, since I am new. This story happened somewhere at the second semester in high school, and I was waiting for the public bus to take to go home, since I didn't want to be cramped in a school bus with the narrow passageway any longer, and neither of my family members could pick me up most of the time, but... There were some days that only my dad picked me up from school. A Hispanic guy comes over to me as I'm waiting for the public bus and starts a conversation with me. Also, side note, I am also Hispanic like he was. He tells me that he's a senior, he's in the JROTC, and he told me his nationality, but I don't quite remember. I told him about myself in return, but not too much including that I was actually 16 after he asked me about my age. I just simply told him that. He seemed surprised, and he straight up told me that he thought I was 13. Also, note that I was a freshman back then. I would occasionally get comments that I look physically younger, despite my actual age, so I merely brushed it aside, but he seemed interested in me despite the fact that I was a minor, and I'm very sure that he was either 18 or 19. I ended up exchanging my kick username a few days later, due to me assuming that he was just being nice. He was part of my then-boyfriend's, now ex's, friend group. He would spam me emojis all the time from that app, and that got annoying, obviously. I told him off about that, but... I stupidly ended up playing along with it thinking he was still playful towards me. I remember that I looked at him while sitting in the public bus, 
and he motioned for me to sit next to him, but I didn't want to. Again, I stupidly accepted the invitation, thinking that he just wanted my company as a friend, and when he wanted more than just that. He once put his hand on my waist, held me close to him, and called me Chula. For those who aren't Hispanic or Spanish-speaking, it's Spanish slang meaning cute. Before I got off the public bus to make my way home on foot, since the bus stop is at the front of a middle school at an intersection. At this point, I should have told my then-boyfriend, but I was too embarrassed, too scared, and too ashamed to even do so, which was so idiotic of me. The Hispanic senior guy even told me that he knew where I lived, but I didn't take that seriously, since it was clearly impossible to tell which apartment complex number I lived in, but... I'm thinking now that he was referring to the apartment complex behind the middle school, which I still live there currently. I should have at least taken that seriously, but me being a dumb teenage girl yet again for the third time, I doubted him. Then there was the time that he told me he wanted me to be his wife, which completely caught me off guard, and I was too stunned to reply back, but mind you, we had just met and we hardly knew each other. That's a big red flag right there. I think I remember that I said no, and was uncomfortable with what he said. He said it so bold and in an assertive manner. The last straw was when he insisted me to go attend some sort of JROTC graduation ceremony rehearsal, since it was the end of the school year despite me saying no multiple times but he wouldn't get the hints. I angrily told him off and finally blocked him on the kick app. I never saw him again afterwards. My only regret was not telling my then-boyfriend, or anyone at that matter, of what he was doing. But someday I'll see my ex-boyfriend in the future and tell him, just not right now. I lost contact with him and I don't know his social media or his whereabouts. Also, I forgot to mention that sometime after I blocked him, I unblocked him just out of curiosity to see what he sent. As soon as I did, I was bombarded with over ten different text messages of him desperately trying to reach out to me. I never replied back, and I blocked him again. This is my first time posting on Reddit, but I was eager to share my creepy encounter. In about 2007, I had turned 13, and my parents began letting me watch my younger two brothers, ages 10 and 8 at the time. We were allowed to play outside in the backyard, but had a long driveway that extended to the front gate facing the street that we often used to race each other on toy cars, sitting on skateboards, etc. Our street is on a cul-de-sac with our house closer to the dead end, so most traffic that came down the street was recognizable. One midweek summer afternoon, we were racing up and down the driveway with the closed front gate, when I noticed a six-foot-tall white man with black sunglasses slowly driving by, and sticking his head out the window to stare at us with a large grin. 
my first thought was that he was a relative that I just didn't recognize because he looked happy to see us. But then as he drove back around, my instincts started to freak out because his car was slowing down and I realized I didn't actually know this man. I quickly told my younger brothers to go inside and we all went through the back door, which I quickly locked. Then we all stood quiet and hid. I peeked out from our large front windows that were only protected by white curtains, and the man had parked his car across the street and was standing by his car, looking back and forth up and down the street. Don't judge me, but I remember feeling bad for him because he looked lost, or like his car had just broken down. My middle brother was also peeking out the window with me as we told our youngest to just stay in the opposite side of the house, but to keep the TV off and stay silent. He stood there for about five minutes, just moving things around in his back seat and trunk, but my sympathy turned into fear when the man started walking from across the street towards our house. I quickly went to the entryway, and we laid on the floor hoping that he couldn't see us at low level through the curtain. He rang the doorbell three times and kept trying to look in. I remember feeling frozen, but still being naive and debating if I should just see if he was okay or find out what he wanted. He said, Hello? Hello? And looked really frustrated, which kept on making me feel bad for him. He rang the doorbell three more times, stood there, and finally just left. He was dressed in a nice dress shirt and pants and didn't look homeless or anything, which is why I kept thinking that his car malfunctioned. But as soon as my parents came home that night and we told them what happened, they put locks on the gate and added a security camera. I think what scares me the most as an adult now is how close I was to just opening the door for him and the endless possibilities of what could have been. Had he been watching our house before and seen three young boys? Did he just need car help? And this was right before cell phones were everywhere. I never saw this person ever again, so I doubt it was a relative. And I grew up in a suburb where the entire cul-de-sac was Asian or Hispanic in descent, so this man stood out, but it still freaks me out to think about, mostly how excited he smiled when he first saw us. Anyways, I just wanted to share my story. So, this story is from two or three years ago. One night, I'm on my way home from work, and to get to home, I have to take some back roads as shortcuts. But on this particular night, it was snowing, and the roads were a little icy, so I was driving slower than I normally do. On this route that I normally take day in and day out, there's a long stretch of road that has hills and can be rough sometimes. There's no houses or hunting camps on it, or any other turnoffs. It's about three or four miles until the next intersection. I was about a quarter mile down this road when I see in my rear view mirror another car or truck coming up behind me. 
as I was going up the first hill on this stretch of road. I was about halfway up this hill when they passed me. As I crested the hill, I was expecting to see them go down the hill or on the short straightway to the next hill, but I didn't see any taillights. So I slowed down thinking that they went off the road and crashed. As I was coming down the hill, I was looking for the car slash truck that passed me, but I couldn't see much of anything, so I stopped at the bottom of the hill and put on my four-ways. I got out of my truck with my flashlight and started to walk up the hill, scanning the side of the road to see if I didn't find anything. I ended up reaching the top of the hill without finding any trace of the vehicle that passed me, so I thought to myself, maybe they went off the road on the other side but I still found nothing. No tracks, no skid marks, no evidence of a vehicle going off the road or even driving on it, except for me. But I know that on this road, there have been a lot of accidents. So, in conclusion of the story, I strongly believe that I saw a ghost car that is stuck in a loop on the night that it crashed. Aloha, I'm Chrissy. I'm born and raised in Hawaii on the island of Oahu, and this took place in Honolulu on Thanksgiving Day in 2019. It's around 3am on our way to Kaiser Hospital in Honolulu with my mom to pick up my brother. As I turned into the hospital, I saw a woman at the corner on the opposite side of us. She looked as if she was waiting for someone and another woman in nurse's attire, smoking a cigarette, closer to the building, maybe ten feet away from each other. We did the loop to pick my brother up and begin driving near the area where I saw the two women, and my mom makes a comment. That lady's not scared being by herself there in the dark? Then I go, Mom, there's another lady by the corner near her. And my mom just stares at me and says, What of the lady? I didn't see anyone else. Then, we reached that corner, and, indeed, there was no other lady. And, oh no, it doesn't stop there. While we were driving home, the whole truck smelled like smoke. Like someone lit a candle and put it out instantly. And it smelled that way the entire way until we got off the freeway at our cutoff, and then we made our left turn, and the smell disappeared. I've had paranormal experiences all my life, but only one time have I seen a ghost. I lived in an apartment on US-41 in Punta Gorda in about 1990 for about a year. It didn't seem haunted like other places I lived when lights would go on or off and doors would open or close. One night as I watched TV in my recliner, a little girl, aged about six, went right next to me, on my right side of my chair from the kitchen. She skipped by me, and turned her face to look right into my eyes with a beautiful smile on her face. She skipped through the living room, and into the bathroom through the closed door. I jumped up and opened the bathroom door as my fiancé was on the toilet, and I asked her if she saw the girl. Sandy gave me hell for opening the door and said no. 
I can still picture the little girl with Goldilocks in a sundress. If you can remember the little girl from Coppertone's suntan lotion, that was her, right down to her pigtails. This is a story that I've told to very few people, because I know that no one would believe me. When I was six years old, my mother worked as a cleaning lady for a dying old woman who was a bit scary. She had hired two cleaning women, so my mother worked with another woman who also had a son. I got along relatively well with this other child, however, he was sometimes quite strange. Hence, in fact, the old woman really didn't like children, and I remember her asking us to be good, otherwise she would call a monster. The monster was obviously just a model on her balcony. But the other child seemed completely terrified, and I remember that I spent a lot of time winnowing at him, calling him a sissy. He told me weird stories, like the appearance of the monster at night. They were just classic kid stories. It was then that one day the dying old woman told our mothers that she no longer wanted us to come over because we were rather turbulent. My mother was initially annoyed, but decided instead to call on the son of a friend of hers who was unemployed to look after us. And this is where the strange stories began. The guy who watched us was called Kareem. He was between 18 and 20, but I remember him as a guy who traumatized me. His goal was clearly to scare us. However, he didn't do it the classic way. In fact, he was doing terrifying things that, even today, I couldn't explain. First of all, he often told us about a dog, which he said was very naughty. I remember that the other child wanted to see this dog at all costs, so one day... After our mothers left, leaving us in the care of Kareem, he asked us to go to the kitchen. I remember being very hesitant to follow them. They called me a coward, and I ended up following. And that's when he opened the fridge. However, we were in a blind spot so as to not see the inside. I heard a very strange noise, like something eating, and then he took out his bloody hands. Today, I think it's perfectly explainable that it was just a bad joke. As a kid, I was just gullible, and Kareem was that kind of person. And when I told my mother all of this, she seemed to ignore it. It was then that one evening, my mother invited the mother of the other child and Kareem to my house. That night, I had planned with the other child not to sleep, so we decided to just disturb our mothers and Kareem. We made noises, we fired projectiles with toy guns, and that's where I saw him. A super tall man came from the corridor and looked at us in our room. We shouted, and the man did too, and then he ran and disappeared. My mother heard us, and had come to reassure us, and we ended up sleeping in my mother's room that night. There was a closet in the hallway, and I don't know why... I had always linked this closet to this strange man. Anyway, even today I don't really know what happened. It was probably a joke by Kareem, but how is that possible? 
Kareem was in the living room with our mothers. And above all, only me and the other child had seen this thing. I typically don't just tell this story in general, as it seems too far-fetched and false. However, I know very well what I saw. It wasn't a dream or anything, it was real. Since I had seen the same thing with the boy and my mother had reassured me that night. I would like to have your opinions on this story. Tell me what you think and help me to lend less importance to this thing that happened to me. Also, I don't think that it's a paranormal thing or something, and that's why I'm posting it here. This man was probably real, and I absolutely don't know what the hell it was. I've been kind of scouring this subreddit for a bit, and I decided to throw my experience into the mix. My first story was from when I was 12 years old. Me and my family had been living in this house for about two years, and nothing seemed off about it. But one night when I was sleeping, I suddenly woke up. I remember looking around for a few minutes just wondering why. Then, this woman just seemed to show up in front of my bed. I couldn't see her face, but I could see her hair and her figure. I turned over in bed and covered myself in my sheets in pure terror. Then, there was something I'll never forget. I felt the bed sink down as if she was sitting next to me. I can still feel the weight. The weight stayed there for seemingly forever, but then it went away and after a few minutes, I uncovered myself and sure enough she was gone. The second story is more recent but to me, that makes it a little freakier. I was 22, I'm 23 now. Me and my fiancé were watching movies when I got up to go to the bathroom. One side of the hallway goes out towards the living room, and the other goes towards the guest bedroom, and the floor is carpeted. After using the bathroom, I walked out and stopped in the hallway to look at my phone, and off to my right, I hear footsteps approaching me, I hear the carpeted footsteps, and I look over thinking it was my fiancé. I even said her name as I looked over, and nothing was there. The footsteps stopped, and it was just pure dark nothingness. When I say I got goosebumps, I scampered back into the bedroom where my fiancé was still laying, and closed the door. I even slept with the light on. That's how much it spooked me. So... Those are my two stories, and I know people say this all the time, but I like to think that I'm a logical thinker, at least as much as one is expected to be. But both experiences are borderline unexplainable, and I've tried to explain them away. Hey there, friends. That was today's episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast, and I really hope that you all enjoyed this collection of scary stories. If you did, please do consider checking out my YouTube channel where I do these same stories, but a little bit earlier than I do them here on the podcast form, and also in slightly different collections. 
if you really enjoy the podcast, please do consider giving it a rating of any sort if the platform you're listening on has ratings. Any honest rating is appreciated by me, be it five star, one star, however you want to do it. Just know that rating the podcast helps tremendously. And if you would like to support further, I do have a Patreon and channel memberships if you'd like to do things on the YouTube side, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to my content. Never ever expected, but always appreciated. That said, friends, I hope that I do see you on the next episode of this podcast. And of course, until then, sleep well.